I mean, I went to high school in like the stereotypical suburbs. And so you just kind of ingest whatever your fucking history teachers and your parents and all that shit do. And that was mildly conservative talk radio into weird libertarianism. Right. And then college right. was the freaking I was I mean, I was starting college during Obama's run, like during the primaries. Mm hmm. And so being on a college campus during that fucking shit show, I mean, it, everybody, just everybody was freaking neoliberals. It was just neoliberals everywhere. And so your rebellion against that was, well, I'm going to be a libertarian and push my glasses up. Man, look at me. Get my Atlas Shrugged and my Milton Friedman and my 1964 Ronald Reagan National Convention speech on my iPod Touch, and I will show you who's boss. God, it is depressing how much I watched that fucking speech. <laughs> But it's so then, you know, you get, you know, get out of school. I that was the fucked up part because I was working for I watched Obama's inauguration when I was doing an internship in the Senate in Missouri. Ooh, OK, so sitting in a Republican Missouri senator's office watching that inauguration. It, it just was so because I thought that's what I was doing, man. Like, I'm going, oh, yeah, we're going politic and we're going all down this. We're going to go to law school. And then that, again, that was right at the beginning of 2008. And, oh, look, the economy goes down in flames. <laughs> and I think that was that was the first moment that I started fucking going, well, hold on a second. Because even as a libertarian, I was watching Occupy going, yeah, no, I'm pissed. Yeah. Like, I get it. Like, I get why, you know, free market, yeah, let it rain. But we're not even doing that. So I was, I mean, I was mad for all the wrong reasons. But even then I was like, well, yeah, but fucking someone needs to go. Like, there should be consequences for fucking something up this bad. And then to watch them just blow that whole, and not the, I'm not saying Occupy, I'm saying the government blow that whole, no one gets prosecuted, no one gets touched. You start going, what the fuck's going on here? So then graduate and a year or two out of school. I mean, I was, again, I fucking took the shittiest sales job I could fucking get just to survive, <laughs> which is always a super nurturing environment for leftism. Um, I got to work at Sun and Ski Sports selling uh, bicycles. AT&T selling iPhones. Okay. The okay. default thing that says, look, you have one of these. You can't be a socialist. Psychic Dolphin Garage. AT&T was a shitty sales job, but it was union. Like the CWA, the the Communication Workers of America, like we were a union job. Okay. And I fucking hated I got bred into me to hate the union. As an employee who that union represented, I was convinced to hate that union because they were only there to help the people that didn't want to do shit or that were lazy and all of the all those fucking tropes that you get drilled into you from the right over and over. That could have been you. You could have been the lazy one that they were there to help. Yeah, no, <laughs> you could have just been a person that just didn't want to get fucking exploited and work 70-hour weeks and expect that to be okay. You could have just wanted to not be like literally verbally abused by your boss on a day-to-day -day basis for not convincing a single mom that she needs $400 worth of bullshit accessories she can get on Amazon for $12. Yep. Yep. I feel like like that an experience like that would have been good for me because I grew up working with my dad who owns his own construction company, working with my uncle who has his own construction company. 
doing the whole like oh i'm i work for myself i put in all these hours i do everything if i had had the experience where it's like oh yeah no you just work 40 hours just clock out you make enough money hourly you don't have to put in extra hours to make enough money to pay rent this month you know yeah you leave you go do something else because your bills are paid now yep don't don't show up to work again <laughs> yeah and it but it, it was the fucked up i mean just watching people and then again i got you know you do all the fucking petty bourgeois bullshit where it's like well i gotta get promoted gotta be management mm-hmm. and then you know having the union come in and being pissed like i'm trying to get a person fired because they're not making me not make not even me they're not making my boss's boss money and somehow now i have to sit here and stare at that person and tell them that i don't think they should be able to like feed their family like fuck that shit like and then that's right around the time that ferguson kicked off and that was when i got out of college like again i went to college in the freaking in southwest missouri so i moved from st louis to springfield missouri which is still the buckle of the bible belt like it wasn't exactly a hyper diverse you know campus sort of shit right they didn't have all those sweet marxist professors teaching us the good good leftism that they make you think that college is supposed to be nope nope i came out of there with ann rand and milton friedman they definitely definitely did their job then i moved out to the freaking to to rural ass missouri so i still really didn't have any exposure it wasn't until i got promoted so as ferguson was happening i was working adjacent to st louis like i was about 15 minutes away from ferguson at the time when everything started popping off and i had co-workers who were who were black and trying and sitting there and, and this was the first time i had experienced system like that i had seen systematic racism like i had never experienced it and i had employees that were just literally like leaving work just like fuck it i'm out bye and heading down to the protests and i had people coming back with you know that that had been bean bagged and had been pepper sprayed and at the time i was like i don't i didn't understand I'm like what what are you doing this isn't you, you did you know him did you did you understand that? and i couldn't fathom what was going on and that was the first time like someone pulled me in the back and sat me down is like okay you're not a bad person but you don't know shit. I don't know how to explain this any other way. You don't get what you don't get. And so they're like, if you are in good faith, like if you want to hear what this, you know, why this is a problem, I will tell you, but you need to sit there and shut up and not think you. And I was like, okay. And I sat there and that was the first kind of time I definitely, because by that time I had kind of, you don't get through the tea party still thinking that libertarianism is a good thing. If you do something is fundamentally broken in your brain. So I had already <laughs> kind of shifted to like central neolib nonsense where it's just like, eh, say la vie, let everyone do what the fuck they want. Don't fuck with my shit. I don't care if you raise taxes. I would like things to be better, but I don't have a Yeah. Yeah. You watch enough cop block on Facebook. You're like, I mean, yeah, you, they have some basics, right? Yeah. But then, so, so that was when I started seeing the, the racism part was what really started getting to me because that's when I started diving down. Well, I was like, oh, well, let's see what's going on here. And then that leads you to Howard Zinn, which leads you to, I, I think, just a basic look around. And again, in, in it being right next to Ferguson that whole time and, and seeing that unfold and, and then seeing the narrative around. And I'm looking at that. I'm like, no, that's not what's going on here. That's not how this isn't right. This is fucking bullshit. And then it was just kind of a, a meandering for a couple of years where it's like, okay, well, I'm 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 hanging out. I have black friends. This is good. I'm not a racist because I have black <laughs> friends. This is good. And I don't I don't ever think I was. I don't think that at the deepest part of my libertarian phase, I don't think that was ever a thing. Like I like I'll I'll self-crit on a lot of shit. I, I was definitely I didn't I didn't acknowledge white privilege, and I think kind of innately that probably leads to some level of racism, but 
that was never a factor in my libertarianism. I didn't have any of that freaking white supremacist nonsense bullshit. But you just, at, at a certain level, it's like, all right, but I don't want to go any further than this. Like, I was like, all right, we're here. And that was when the primaries kicked up for 2016. And I'm like, okay, I'm telling my brother, who's 10 years younger than me, why Bernie is completely unelectable and this is silly and stop <laughs> thinking about this, which is hilarious now because now I'm over here getting ready to like, I'm out here like sharpening a guillotine and he's like, well, we need some moderation. And I'm like, nah, man, get on the train. Let's go. We're past that. We skipped it. I know what I said. Don't do what I say. Yeah, that's what I said. You remember when I was talking? Yeah, fuck, ignore all that shit, man. We've got some Lenin to read. <laughs> um, and that was the election. And again, the whole time I was, I was like every other fucking idiot in the, I was like, no, Hillary Clinton's going to win and it's, it's going to be fine because it was fine under Obama. Nothing's really wrong. Everything's whatever. We're just kind of living this weird, you know, punch a clock, stay alive. And then right after, so the election happened and that I was immediately like, that didn't jive. Under no system of understanding could I process that election. Like mm-hmm. I didn't get libertarian, neoliberal, whatever. I was like, no, uh-uh, no, this don't make no sense. I don't understand that. SNL told me he was stupid. This, is, <laughs> this, this don't make no sense. And so we... I started kind of looking around and then I got laid off from, from AT&T. AT&T merged with DirecTV and then they merged with Time Warner. And then they laid off about like 30% of their freaking workforce because they were merging all those companies together. And that was the first time, because like, again, at that point, my son had been born. I'd been married for a couple of years. Like I was literally staring down the barrel of, I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to survive. Oof. Like, I have to get another job. I don't know what to do. I have no practical skills. I have a fucking philosophy degree. Yeah. Because when I went to school, they didn't tell you go STEM. They said, get whatever fucking degree you want. There's jobs growing out on jobbies. Just put yourself in a job cannon and shoot yourself off and get them. So I have a worthless degree. The only job I have is bullshit level sales. I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do? And that was when I was like, that combined with the election, I was like, you just start seeing things that don't make sense anymore. Mm-hmm. And I had was lucky enough to have, uh, we worked together at AT&T, David, my co-host, he had been on Twitter. I mean, he had been as and right. So David introduced me to Joe Rogan. <laughs> Thank God I skipped. I never <laughs> got into Rogan. Thank you. I, I liked Rogan's stand up when it was like him and Stanhope back in the day. But that was, again, hardcore libertarian because that was their yeah. bullshit. I didn't figure out he did a podcast or did all of his talk show stuff until like I got far enough left to go, oh, he's saying bad things. Yeah, to realize he was a fucking it he's he i don't i don't even know if he's an he's, he's not he's just slate. a stoner he's just a stoned blank like tabla rosa every minute of every day it's like memento with yeah. that man like whatever you tell him he's just like yeah yeah that's what happens when you do dmt dude but yeah i mean you got so i david was on twitter and david i when we worked together i remember david being to the right of me like i had hit my neoliberal don't give a shit i'm not involved in politics whatever phase and he was to the right of me. And then all of a sudden I was following – like, I was hate following him on Twitter for a long time because I, – I, and then he's, he's just tweeting shit like Stalin did nothing wrong and the DPRK is really good. And the whole time in my head I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. What are you talking about? Like, of course they're not. Like, obvious facts and logic say you're wrong, sir. But I never really engaged. And then, like, once or twice, like, there would just be a link and I'd be like, huh, look at that. Oh, fuck. That's not cool. Like, they, uh, oh, shit. Oh, oh, damn. And so eventually I just had to, like, bite the bullet. And I was like, I think I was, I either Twittered him or I met, because we were playing, we played fantasy football together. So mm-hmm. in the same group chat, I guess kind of like pulled aside eventually one day and was like, 
hey, you understand this whole left thing. I want to, like, that was the thing, though. Like, I always had to understand everything, like, as much as humanly possible. So, like, when I was a libertarian, it was like I had read everything Ayn Rand did, everything out of the Chicago school, all of Milton Friedman's shit, like Keynes and Hayek. Like, I was like, I had to know every bit of it. So I'm like, if I'm going to do this, we're going to do this. Like, I need to know capital. That's the one I want to know because that's the big bad bugaboo that everybody talks about. I know you've read it. I need you to either help me understand it. So we like locked each other in a library. We we got a library room out in fucking rural ass Missouri. We oh, sat man. down for about, I think that first time we sat down was probably like two and a half hours or so. And just, I was like, just basic stupid ass questions. Like, why is the USSR not bad? Why is communism not bad? You're saying Stalin's not bad. Uh, that's pretty, pretty out there, dude. Mm-hmm. You got to defend that a little bit. Like North Korea, what the fuck's up with that? And he could just go that's the thing about sitting with david is like i still am not at that level of encyclopedic leftist knowledge that he has because like i'm i'm just starting to kind of get there with some stuff like some subject matter like the stuff that we've read a lot i feel i have down but like just random countries that i can barely name he can list off like 20 years of history about like it's insane how much he's absorbed and it's that fun quote of being a leftist like to be a communist you literally have to be able to know everything about the last 300 years of history minute by minute yeah. or you have to just or you just have to concede arguments to people that are just like well yeah but the communists killed 300 million people yeah i'm definitely like the opposite side of that spectrum where it's like i encountered like ironic communism as i was radicalizing as i was going like hey what is you know all these people all the ben shapiro like re- economics yeah. 101 bullshit so I came at it from the opposite end where it's like, oh, th- these people were ironically doing it. But then I learned how to like argue with those people. And mm-hmm. so I got a lot better at quote tweet communism. I can hit with good like sound bites and commit just enough to like maybe win an argument, but not try to like dra- keep it away from dragging down into like giant fights. Because yeah, it's see, so it's, difficult it- to do all the study. It's impossible. <laughs> it's That's the thing is it's literally I don't. I genuinely don't know how David did it or how he's done it in the amount of time he has because he's I mean, I think he's been at this now for probably. Oh, God. I I mean, I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's at least five years now since Ferguson. Yeah. Well, I've climbed from bronze to gold in League of Legends in that time. So. <laughs> it's, it just feels it just so that was I think that was really it. And that's why you always have your kind of your pet project. You're very, I, I don't know, precious with the thing that radicalized you. Like, whatever yeah. got you there, you kind of tend to ignore any blind spots on it. So, like, I get very <laughs> defensive of saying China does not, you know, Stalin did nothing wrong. Kim Jong-un's awesome. The DPRK is great, is better than the America. Uh, China is awesome. No nuance, no nothing. Just hard defend that line and keep doing it long enough <laughs> that it makes somebody go, what the fuck, and have to start digging a hole. Because eventually you will, f- it's so fucking easy. Like, Pro. Like, that's real. It exists. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's just, it's out there and documented. Like, mm-hmm. they they absolutely, the, the, the Chicago police and the FBI murdered Fred Hampton. The end. That's, yeah. that's a thing. Your government did that. Are you okay with that? No. Okay, so once you get, like, one lie, you've got a thread, and you just kind of can keep pulling from there. And then it's like, hey, you mm-hmm. remember all this stuff you thought you knew about, like, communism and the USSR? Yeah, it turns out a lot of that was bullshit. Uh, and it was like mm-hmm. obvious propaganda, and here's where it was. 
And that was, yep. I think, the point of no return because we—that's when we started the podcast. That was that was the genesis of. I was like, all right, we're gonna read this book. I have to read this book. I need you to read it with me because otherwise I will stop because I can't commit to anything. <laughs> I'm the most flaky person on the face of the fucking planet, and David is my anchor that keeps me from going off the deep end. And so we're like, okay, so let's get together. We'll read it every week. And you know what? Just as of what the fuck, because I was doing other podcasts at the time. He's like, you know, we have the equipment. Let's just record it, and then if we want to release it, we will. And we recorded for like. Six months before we released anything wow. and then we ended up losing all of it we lo- we had finished the book so capital was 32 chapters we had finished the book finished mm-hmm. recording we're moving on to state and revolution and then we lost chapters 15 and 32 and Ooh. had to go back and completely re-record the last like 15 hours of audio or something it was like 16 hours worth of audio we had to go re-record and that was when i almost quit because i was like i can't do this fucking shit <laughs> i can't this is, <laughs> this is a nightmare no and then dave was like nope uh-uh fuck it locked me in the cave and was like we're doing this we're doing it one way or another so get over it but that was hell yeah again my moment where i went full because i was still arguing because i was i'm a big Camus bitch or i was for a long time like i loved Camus. i loved existentialism because that was like, that was the epitome of my neoliberal phase where I just, I was like, I don't care about anything. I don't have to care about anything. None of this matters. None of this fucking is anything. It was just like nihilism and absurdism and, and fuck it. Just live and be happy and do what you want. And that's enough. You don't have to do anything beyond that. And so the fact that Camus and Sartre always differed around the point of Stalin and the gulags and the Soviet Union had always been this weird sticking point for me. So even as I'm reading Capital and absolutely agreeing with everything, I'm like, irrefutably, this is obvious. This is common sense once you get down to it. I still had this weird thing in the back of my head where I'm like, yeah, but we should probably be like a lot freer about it and we shouldn't really like force people to do stuff. And if we start throwing people in camps, then we're just as bad as them and all this equivocating. And it was hard... And I lived, no, I get that. So I I was kind of in that phase. And the thing, I finally broke on the Proles episode on Stalin. The Proles and Rev left episode on Stalin combined with reading State and Revolution is what shoved me from, and again, I hate that political compass. I hate it so goddamn much because it's just not, it's not accurate. It's designed to put people in boxes that don't really exist, but that's what shoved me from the bottom left to the top left. Yeah, yeah. I and I totally understand that political compasses are are like a tool to oh yeah help you like realign people's skewed view yeah. of politic in yeah. general. But it's a handy shorthand. It's what we we you know you have to use it because it's convenient and it's there. Yeah. But yeah. it was that yeah. Stalin episode because it was so meticulous and just the the level of the amount of lies rapid fire that got exposed there because you don't have to think stalin is the best you can have critical disagreement with stalin i think every most of us that call ourselves tankies i think have legitimate criticisms of stalin and his leadership and the the whole stalin did nothing wrong thing is a meme that's a that's a tactic that's a strategy that's a way to shock people into kind of engaging with a topic they might not otherwise engage with at all but And like right now, we're getting ready. This is my full circle. This is like my fun moment. Because again, that was what Rev left was I started with. And Brett, Brett's Vietnam episode, I think, was the first thing I listened to of hard left material that I was like, holy shit. Like, we are the bad guys. Oh, my fucking God. We are literally the grand Satan that they've always said we are. God damn it. (laughs) 
So when we got to do our episode on Mao with Brett and Allison, that was that was the first time I got starstruck doing podcasting. I, I, I literally had to get wasted to do that episode because I'm like, I can't. I'm not talking to. I can't. He's in my earphones. I can't. I can't talk to him like this. This is this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> my brain can't comprehend this. And so now we're going the end of this week, me and David are doing proles and we're going to do Black Bolshevik, which is Harry Haywood's book who helped found the Communist Party and was one of the, the, the leaders of the Communist Party in the U.S. in the 30s. And holy shit, that I mean, it's just all the stuff, everything you get told about the USSR and Stalin and what it was like, just his autobiography, it's like 600 pages. Like it's the longest book we've done since Capital, and I'm killing myself trying to read it in a week and a half. But it, it, it's just so, every firsthand account is, no, it was, it was absolutely not like that. And so I think at a certain level, my default position just switched to, no, everything they've said is wrong. Anything that I've been told about communism is wrong. Anything the U.S. says is going to be wrong. I'm just going to take that default position from here on out. And it's way easier to assume they're wrong and make them force them to prove me that they're right than it is to do it the other way around. So I will take China's side on, you know, Xinjiang. I will take Bolivia's side and, and Venezuela's side on all of these things. Because it's mm -hmm. just, it's, it's, after a certain amount of times, it's like, how many times the CIA had to lie to you before? Before you just start distrusting them by default yeah yeah like it's just safer it just it, it tends and that's that's a good that's the other thing helping david around helps with because he's so good at, he knows all of these obscure coups and revolutions and all that and like every time one pops like when rojava was a big talking point david was very clear he's like no no this is a color revolution this is exactly what we did in the balkans this is the same fucking shit all over again this is this is going to turn out like this like i get how it's being framed but it is going to turn out bad and then boom rava turns out to be exactly what it looked like which was a fucking fantasy that was puppeted by the u.s like let's not do that well yeah after i mean after you make the brief and you you know you laminate the pages and you get them all in the three ring binder like you just keep going back to the same thing you already make you don't you don't have the like creativity to even make a new one at this point. I mean, they got Elliot Abrams back to fucking do Venezuela again. Like, come on, guys. This is like bringing back, <laughs> like, I'm watching Power Rangers with my kid and the, the Green Ranger showing up in the new one as the old mentor. It's like, come on, he's dead inside. He doesn't need to be here. He has, he, let him let him die in peace. He doesn't want to do this anymore. But no, no, we're going to do Elliot Abrams again and pretend it's not <laughs> absolutely different this time, guys. Totally new. Totally not the same shit. Fucking horrible. It, it is. It's fucking, it's, it's ghoulish. And that's even, like, on an international scale. And I, I know you're talking about Ferguson. Like, that's something that I think that I encounter more is people being radicalized by literally cop block. Literally just, like, police officers carrying fake weapons yep. to plant on kids that they shoot. Again and again. Yep. I think that's I think that's been a huge force. Yeah, and that's a wonderful... It, I mean, okay. <clears throat> it's wonderful that we are able to document atrocities <laughs> committed by police officers. And, I mean, they're getting committed whether we document them or not. So at least having the documentation is... If it opens... If it, if it radicalizes people, then, then fuck. At least you can take something from it. Yeah, it's good that it's being used to radicalize people as opposed to just continuing to happen and activists are like, hey, this is happening. Everyone's like, eh. But even... It's so fucking weird because you like go back to... I mean, I go back to this weird thing where I'm like, how the fuck did we not notice? Like, Dave Chappelle, like, killing him softly. Like, his stand-ups, I'm a fucking stand-up nerd. So, like, I 
everything does goes back to stand-up. I, I watch a bunch of stand-up. I fucking too, love yeah. stand-up. Uh, so, but, like, he has jokes, this, again, early 2000s of cops sprinkling crack on, on guys to frame them for murder. Like, it, this was known. This wasn't a secret. This wasn't something. It was absolutely a thing, and it was just accepted. And ever and and white people were just like, "No, we're okay. It doesn't affect us. This isn't <laughs> so, we don't. We're not going to do anything about this. This is this is silly. Come on now." Yeah, dr- drug laws. Drug laws are one of the big like libertarian things, but also like it's a giant force of radicalization here in the U.S. The fact that we just like arrested people. For for the drugs that we gave them. And th- and that's, again, you try and tell people, hey, you know, it was, like, documented that the CIA and the FBI, like, put crack into the community, like, intentionally to fund a fucking war that they were doing that no one got arrested for and no one got in trouble for. And people will look at you like you have a third head. And it's, like, it's it's right there. Like, you don't even have to look that hard. They, they said it. And you, here, you don't even have to say, like, Stalin did nothing wrong. You just have to say that Reagan was the worst president we've ever had and already you're like on thin ice. Yeah, it's it's I, I say having grown up in Texas like well, this is I mean you've got the bushes to contend with down there. I don't know. I, I got nothing. <laughs> the worst Missouri has is Harry. Uh, the worst Missouri has is the guy that dropped the atomic bomb. You know, we're fine. We got nothing. Yeah, yeah. No, that was that was cool and good. Cool and cool and good. The Harry S. Truman policy. Yeah, the bushes are. I don't even. I'm not even ready to get into that. Like, I'm still. I'm still fighting through Ronald Reagan stuff. Bush, like watching Ellen. Oh my uh, God. You know what was that? What was that tweet? Like, oh, hey, if you thought that Ellen uh, rehabilitating Bush was good, wait until she rehabilitates Trump. Oh my God! It's and it's gonna happen. It's just they, they become kind and cuddly. It, it's so fun because this happens. I think they talk about it in. Lennon talks about it. It's, I think it's in State and Rev. I'm almost positive it's in state and rep. Uh-huh. They do this to war criminals and they do this to activists too. So you will try and do everything you can to defang activists after their death. So Martin Luther King in his time was definitely not this beloved figure that he is now. He was absolutely like seen as a radical and someone that was stirring the pot and oh my God, how dare he? And and then you know, talking out against Vietnam before they killed him. And then now they've just defanged him completely and made him kind and cuddly and and this warm figure of unity. Yeah, and he didn't want them there to be violent protesting. Yeah, yeah he's he's the, he's the sign of peace. But oh. fuck, no, are you kidding me? He mar- they they he, how much time did he spend in jail? I mean, how much he he had attacked. But they're doing. You're starting to see it with Malcolm now. Like they're starting to sanitize Malcolm X to a certain extent, and that's mm. terrifying to me because that's like in my lifetime I've seen a turd on that one where he's no longer getting seen as you know as radical as he absolutely was yeah but they're doing the same thing on the other end to work where they're making these people that are absolute monsters into these bumbling kindly old what i mean henry kissinger's bloated ass is still just floating around to whatever event that they pay him <laughs> to roll his carcass up to and bloviate for 20 minutes about how he opened up doors to china it, it, i mean it's, it's if nixon was alive he would have he'd be hanging out with jimmy carter building houses and skydiving and they'd be like a, a fun buddy cop movie like oh, Jesus. george w but like this especially with this in light of the stuff coming out about fallujah uh-huh. and the and and, <laughs> and how, how how did george bush survive WikiLeaks? i i it's it, because we don't want to because we don't 
the ruling class will not eat their own. They 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 won't do it. Yeah, he's, they he, refuse to. His family has played by the rules. They've done mm-hmm. everything the right way. They'll they'll throw Trump to the lions. They don't give a shit about him. He's not part of that club. Yeah, but, as much as he wants to be. Oh yeah, but the Clintons and the Bushes. Those people have played by the rules for generations. They are old money. They have they built their political power the right way. They don't tattle on each other. They all pardon each other, and everything's fine. But the uh, looking at Fallujah being worse than Hiroshima and Nagasaki in terms of birth defects and 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 harmful effects from depleted uranium. Yeah. How is Bush not up in the Hague right now? Bush or Rumsfeld I... or Cheney or any of these ghouls, none of them. And at a certain point when none of them suffer consequences for that, I, I don't know how you don't just like if you're not gonna give us something, don't be surprised when we just come knocking on your door with guillotines. Like I don't I don't know why you're yeah. gonna be surprised that we're all really, really mad and ready to do something about it because you, you you've been committing war crimes for generations. That's an important point that I don't think makes it through to a lot of people because the idea that I encounter the most is the separation of the state and the government functions from the people who are in the government, who are running the government. That, yeah. The state is this big shadowy thing, and then you have normal people that go in and try to do what they can, and it's just a bunch of normal people that are like, Trying to work together, but they bumble. The, that's like the citations needed, where it's just like they stumble. Oops, a doozles. We we Mr. Magoo'd our way into some war crimes. Oh, yeah. And people don't either. They're not paying enough attention to like go. No, you're to blame for that. And then they get shouted down by like libertarians that are like, oh, they don't have that much power to do all that. And it's like, dude, you guys, Assange, I don't know anymore. I- or or they then go, well, all we need is someone good to get into office. And if there's, you know, just a few good people that we can elect, then they'll straighten everything out. That's yeah. And it it's really, really fun. That was a tactic I started using a while back. And it, it's the one that's most fun to shut to kind of fuck with people on, because if you want to take the people that will take that route of, well, the government's a big entity and, and you know, no one person can't, you know, isn't in control or anything like that. They're, they're, they tend to be the same people that'll lionize someone like FDR and make him out to be like some sort of hero that single-handedly conquered the world and did all this good shit. They're also the exact same people that will make it out that Stalin was somehow able to coordinate, like individually signed letters to murder 300 billion people on a landmass that takes up one-sixth of the earth in a time before we had instant communication. I've done the calculations. He could have signed every single I, it's, but it's just He had the time. It's, it's the same group of people that will tell you, oh, the government's not smart enough to pull this off, or they couldn't pull this will absolutely uh, assume that Stalin was out there with a machine gun, just AK-47-ing everybody and their mother down by himself single-handedly. <laughs> he had universal control. The, the same people that assume Kim Jong-un is like some some like puppet master that is that is completely deceiving his people into... It's like you can't have it both ways. You cannot say that the, these people have this amount of control, but then this one person over here can have some superhuman level of control over their country and is responsible for everything. Like, And I used it with Obama. I was like, okay, USSR objectively if you're if you're not if you're a libertarian using this and you want to try and use this against me get fucked get out of here you don't belong i i'm not i'm not talking to you right now you don't get this yeah but the ussr absolutely had excesses when it came to like the purges most of those were carried out by the nkvd the nkvd are the cops 
They are the they are a hyper militarized police unit within the USSR. Fine. They were headed up by a guy, fucking uh, Yezhov, was is running running the the NKVD. He had went to wild excesses. They admitted that. Stalin admitted that. Everyone admitted that, like, whoa, we might have gone a little too far with some of the purging. Now, again, per- when I say purging, I'm also not talking about, like, they didn't just fucking straight murder everybody. Like, they, there was a lot of just kicking people out of the party and shit like that. But, yes, they went to excesses. If you're going to level every bit of that and put that on Stalin's plate, which everyone fucking does, everyone, put everything wrong, every aspect of that gets laid at his lap then you have to lay Ferguson on Obama's lap and say he is directly responsible 100% for all of that because it was a, you are trying to ascribe local policing actions that are wildly autonomous and carried out without central executive oversight at all times. And you're trying to ascribe them to one person at the head of a country. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to do it in a time Mm -hmm. when there was no way for him to know what was going on in every aspect of the country at all times. It was impossible. At least Obama could have feasibly like Skyped into Ferguson and been like, hey, maybe you guys should stop us systematically oppressing an entire group of people to fund your fucking police force. Maybe you should stop doing that a little bit. Like he could have done hey, that. I know that I maybe don't have the statistics on hand to, uh, you know, to show you exactly how much worse you are being than the rest of the country on average. It's fucking. But, uh, yeah, but I do have the the witnesses yeah. to tell the, me. The so. one of the the dollop was also a really that was a low key radicalizing factor for me, um, and it's problematic for a lot of reasons. It's there there are some early episodes that I kind of wish would be purged, because I do think they've gotten better <laughs> as time has gone on, especially. Um, be, but there's a their original episode on Andrew Jackson is very cringy, and their original episode. Yeah, I've listened to. I listened to like two of the dollop episodes mm-hmm. because they were really like must listens. But yeah. I just my podcast died. Yeah, you're too. Yeah, uh, no, it's impossible. The ones I would say everybody should listen to, no matter what. Like no matter what your tendency, what you think, what you want to do. Their episode on Ferguson was real early, and it was kind of before. It was well before twenty. I mean, again, it was it was like happening as Ferguson was happening mm-hmm. and that was startling because it was so well researched and so well detailed it is episode 19 yeah yeah wow yeah exactly <laughs> that's what i'm saying an episode that they they are 400 episodes in this was way back this this happened as it happened because they felt they they weren't even doing political stuff back then but they're like we have to talk about this mm-hmm. that episode cuz it was so big it was it, it and it should have it should be bigger like it should still be something that we are are reckoning with today and we're not we're really not I mean, I mean, we've had so many flash in the pan yeah. things that should have tilted us over some edge. It should have dragged us off of some cliff, yeah. and it just keeps and we just, we just keep pulling it back. Occupy. I mean, Occupy is the greatest example. Occupy is Occupy is the thing that I think always points me to why I can't be anarchist because see a, a lot of a lot of the older. I'm kind of in between generations. I'm I'm 26, so I'm like mm. I grew up like a little bit closer to the kids who are like 2022 20, right now, but I kind of was more in the era of the people who were cl- near 30. Yeah. And Occupy was massive for y'all. Yep. Occupy was not big yep. for me. Yep. And that also I was sheltered, but that's well, the- no, but it makes I mean it makes perfect sense too. It's just if you're not that's not impacting you until you hit a certain again unless you're in the work i mean there's so many factors that had to in the workforce you're trying to survive yeah you're you're living that day-to-day grind and and you see it and i talked to like i've talked to rob about this i think during the episode we i did with them when we did the books episode like 
that was the big appeal. Like state and rev to me is just the perfect, like occupies the reason that state and rev is so relevant. Like, look, you need a group of people. You need someone organizing because if you don't, you're going to have the moments that should lead to a revolution. You're going to have the same catalyst events that pop up that should throw you over the edge. But if you're not organized and you're not doing something, they're going to turn into Occupy, which is a mass of people that show up angry, wanting to enact change, wanting to do something and having no direction, no leadership and no ability to, to take that movement and do something with it. And then it fizzles. And then capital regroups, finds, ooh, ooh, we really poked them there. Okay, let's not do that again exactly that way. Let's tweak this a little bit. And then they become, capital just morphs every single time. And it becomes harder and harder to pin down. So the more of those moments yes. that you let pass by without really taking hold or, or forcibly changing something, the harder and harder it's going to get to eventually overthrow it. It just keeps building on itself. And that's the danger. You know, I hate. I hate to quote. I hate to continually quote Ben Shapiro on this podcast all the time. But I mean, I mean, it's. I, uh, I it's, hate Ben Shapiro. It's basic biology. If you don't take all of your medicine and you don't get rid of the infection, yep. the medicine's gonna stop working. Yep. yep. They're not going to believe that if that because that's the last time they saw it. They saw us mobile. And again, but again, yeah. then then Ferguson again. Movement for Black Lives. Absolutely terrified them mm -hmm. you know it terrified them because they started assassinating all the members of black lives matter in missouri yeah you know it terrified them because they haven't stopped talking about it and they haven't stopped talking about how bad protesting is those protests were so effective that they stopped white people from protesting yeah yeah so, <laughs> like, no then we got the pussy hat people we got the pussy hat uh, uh protest those were uh, good, those we were good sensible protests who just wanted to hang out with cops and uh and walk around and yell at the orange man so those were okay yeah because they don't threaten anything yeah but then what we got out of those was then well i guess it's okay for patriot prayer to also have these marches it's so it's 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 just wild and that just turned into like the actual kkk marching through the streets of american yeah cities. and then we get to charlottesville where an actual white supremacist just mowed a woman down and murdered her with his car and we did what everybody was like wow she shouldn't have been uh out there hanging out with communists that, it's it's just, like, what we, i mean we're, we're literally having arguments about whether it's okay to punch nazis in the face like, I get it, America. You never really disliked Nazis, but come on, at least pretend. It's the ideology is so you have to defend your guy and your guy at that point ends up being the white supremacist. Yeah. And it's that's and that's where I mean, we're just you're at a tipping point. You're at a point where something's going to. And that goes back again to why I'm top left, because I want structure. I want an organization. I want. Reading, I'm reading, uh, again, we're reading Black Bolshevik to do with proles this week. And something that I, I just, I'm like, I'm almost like misty-eyed reading because they're like, they, they sent, Harry Haywood got sent from America to a school in the USSR. And the whole point of the school was to train revolutionaries. It was literally like your entire wow. education was, here's how we did our revolution. Here's dialectical materialism and how that affects your country. 
hey, let's talk about ways that you could affect communist revolution in your country. And then you had like advanced levels of that school that you could go to. And they literally, like every leader of every communist party in the 30s came out of this school. They literally had set it up and were teaching people to be, and they were paying for it. They had stipends. They could go to school. There was no tuition. There was no nothing. They were sending them to the fucking caucuses for summer vacations, like paid for by the state because they recognized the importance of having professional trained revolutionaries. Because when you work 60 hours a week in fucking capitalism, you don't really have the time or the energy or just the, the ability to want to then go another 40 hours organizing and rallying people and getting the logistics ready of where are the points that we could really cause disruption at that kind of thing. They, they intentionally are breaking it. And so when you read about these school, literal schools for training revolutionaries, but no, the USSR was evil. It was awful. It was the worst thing in the world. It's like, God. Oh, damn. yeah. Just like unions, you know, exactly. IWW, bad. And that's why I think, and again, that's where I think unions are, depending on the union, are a great a great <laughs> way to, because let's be real, the AFL-CIO exists. We got problems. Like, like, like believing in labor unions, to me, is the same level of leftism as electoralism. Yeah. Like, and just drawing your line, at, oh, well, if everything was unionized, everything would be perfect. Yeah. It's like, no. no. You know, if the electoral system was better, everything would be perfect. No. no, no, it would find a way to adapt. Yeah. And again, I I don't think me and David have quibbled about this on the show. Uh, electoralism is not uh, a route that we endorse. Like, we don't. <laughs> we tend to think it's kind of bullshit. But that being said, and if 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 my if I could get Bernie Sanders on the ballot, I would absolutely take that from a harm reduction standpoint, even if I don't 100 percent think he is the answer to the to what ails us i mean any other democrat fuck it you're not getting my lukewarm support so that you can get a better trump in four years like we're not playing that game um yeah but yep. but uh, we've critiqued bernie a lot still, oh so. yeah i give him as much shit as anybody like he, he he rails against the sandinistas in the 70s but then calls maduro a brutal dictator like come, come on man like d- dude you saw this playbook before how are you missing this one he says American imperialism is bad, but then he also says that we don't want foreign workers to take the place of American workers. Yeah, that was a bad clip, but it's just like ah. Wait, but then again, you see him. You've you've seen him evolve when he was saying again, Maduro's a dictator, and he, what he's doing is awful, and then to saying uh, it, what happened to Evo Morales is is a coup. I mean that that yeah. is tangible growth towards towards the left and towards the the correct assessment of u.s foreign policy that you hear out of literally nobody else not to praise uh electoralism but no. that's a, a lot of that's also because the squad is <sighs> yeah. is getting coverage yeah and then elon omar goes ahead and retweets someone uh fucking tiktoking about uyghur muslims in Xinjiang, oh. and so bah you know they just yeah. can't they can't and and then AOC gets her picture taken with the freaking right-wing separatists of Bolivia smiling with a thumbs up which again I get that she didn't know like I'm I'm sure she didn't know what she was doing Elon I'm not giving a pass on uh AOC I give the pass on because I generally believe that she was probably they had someone hustled into her office and said they're from Bolivia photo op and she took a picture and she moved on yeah. Elon should know better than to tweet that that's not that's there's that that's unnecessary yeah let's not the tiktok tweens don't don't need help with their freaking propaganda campaign <laughs> against china like how many how many times do you need that lie exposed before you maybe rethink whether that's the tweet you want to send right now the whole all of uh what is it like tankier chapo trap house r slash tankier chapo trap trap house oh man that is a that is, that sounds like a whole list of words that i just don't 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 know what it is <laughs> 
Oh yeah, no, it's it's just like a it's it's just the worst uh, Trapo Trap House two subreddit. Oh god, and and they're just like memeing the the whole Muslim China Muslim thing. Yeah, it's I mean, and it's again, this is one of those things where it's like, is there pro is there possibly some nuance there, or is there possibly some you know maybe that uh, maybe, but the burden of proof is on uh the U.S or anyone else to show me definitively that something is going wrong in China uh, before I will say anything against the China. Because again, they've proven time and time again that they are much more capable of handling their their own internal issues and their own internal contradictions far better than we are. And mm-hmm. they're actually trying to do fucking socialism. They have, a rob- they have a plan for communism. They're working on it. They've struggled with it over the years. They have a tradition that is attempting to drive towards communism. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and not the fucking imperial juggernaut that is the U.S. Sorry. I don't care if a TikTok tween is straightening yeah, their hair. rotting, like, ragged corpse of imperialism that is the USA. Yeah, it just doesn't, I don't, I don't see, and again, I don't see why it is so hard for these, for, for everybody, for Bernie, for the squad, for any of them. I don't see why it is so hard to stick to a coherent line on foreign policy. And that for, that coherent line is, if the U.S. is saying something is happening, they're probably wrong. The end. Yeah. That should be enough. It should be. But, but in a world where Colin Powell that showed doesn't... up with weapons of mass destruction, you should be more skeptical at a base level. Yeah. like, And that's where a lot of like Rand Paul's are like so close <laughs> to so almost having it right. It's painful to listen to people that are like very into, again, like WikiLeaks, like. Yeah. I'm absolutely like, yeah, no, you have to like disprove all of WikiLeaks before you'll convince me that watching all those videos and reading all those like documents that yeah. that any of that is like wrong or just a smear campaign against the US. Well, I mean, like, look at- it, it it sounds like it sounds like trying to argue with, you know, my my parents where yeah. it's like, oh well, you don't know both sides of the story. It's yeah. like no shut up Stop no it. i know the i know one side of the story do you have anything else or are you just gonna well and that's the fun part about when i argue with libertarians now is is it feels like you get the i get the fun leg up where it's like hey so um i've read everything that you're citing to me all of your fun like bible doctrine that you have your 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 ann rands and your Rand pauls and your ron pauls and your milton friedman's yep. and your your canes and yep. your hayek all of that i read all of that i was in that camp i played ball with you I've also read my side. Have you read my side? I don't think you have. I'm going to bet you money you haven't sat down and read Capital. Or I'm, I'm going to bet that most libertarians haven't read Capital and State and Rev. And, and... I wish I had Bo here to do the Zizek impression oh, so God. that we could do the Zizek, Jor- uh, Jordan Peterson like thing all over again. Oh. Because that's just what every argument is with libertarian. Yeah. Right? It's, it's like, like, well, I haven't actually read Capital. So, you know, but I just think that... Uh, I, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like the free market's really good. It's like, guys, I've read, I know where you were because I was there. I get it. I understand why you think what you think. I can, I can put myself in your shoes because I did that. But I've yeah. also seen this side, and I think this side is far more persuasive and correct based on the reading. Maybe, are you willing to, no, you're, you're not willing to engage. You're just going to take your side and you're not even going to look at the, it's so don't fucking both sides me on that. It's uncomfortable to admit that maybe one thing is wrong because then you have Very. to start questioning everything else. Very hard. It is, and that's and that's why I get it. That's why I don't when I when I come at people trying to engage. I I legitimately am always doing it in good faith because I can't do it any other way because that person was me. Like if I had access to Twitter 
in 2007 or 2006 or I was actively using it, there would be some really shitty takes for me out in the world. And that's I, 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 I have the advantage of not growing up on social media like that. And I can keep yeah, my, just my deleted, bad takes in. Like... Oh, I purged a lot of years. Shit. Of... <laughs> I, I mean, I purged like the the Wayback Machine on Facebook, and is like my like purge purgeomatic four thousand. It's like, oh, there's a garbage take goodbye. Um, it, uh, no, you, but you, you have to. That's why again, I I know why they think what they think. I, I I sympathize with that. I was there, but you gotta you you have to be willing to engage in good faith and 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 learn from what the other side is saying and not just try and shut it down when you don't know what you are talking about like you literally yeah. cannot talk and that's where that's why i wanted to start when again we started the podcast we started with capital because i was like look that that's the foundation i need to start there and go because i always tell leftists that that's my thing like when when people are like well should i read capital or how should i read capital i'm like don't don't if you're already a leftist don't <laughs> read that damn book um i promise you uh i'm sorry i will get shit for this and i i state I, and rev well not even that just just trust that capital is right Trust that that yeah. trust that everybody else who has built this movement and who has been doing this forever does capital. Mm -hmm. I had to read capital yeah. because I'm one of those people where it's like, no, I have to know. I have to have to have to know. But yep. if you just trust that he's right, you can move on or at least just read like the last five chapters and then move on. Yeah. And that's then start reading the good stuff. JJ Demon said too. he said, read, uh, read the manifesto. And that's, yeah. that's the fun one. That is the fun one. I don't know. I don't. For me, I would rather read, I, and I think there there is an interesting tactic. I think I think David Harvey's talked about this in his his lecture series on it, and I know we talked about it on the show. But I think there is a very persuasive argument for reading Capital backwards. Yeah, yeah, I think you said that in Dumb and Awful. Yeah, yeah, I, I no, I definitely did. Yeah, where you start you start from the back and go big because it, it, the closer you get to the beginning, the more abstract and not important you get. So if you start at the back and move forward, everything in the back is really interesting. And then it slowly gets more and more abstract. And if you get to the beginning of it, you don't want to get down to like base level abstractions of like, what is, what is value? Like you can, you can stop, but, and you'll still get most of the important stuff, but yeah, state and revs way more exciting and way more fun. Um, imperialism is way more fun. Everything mm -hmm. by Stalin is way more fun and easy to read. Mm -hmm. Mao is really fun and easy to read. Like, I think that it's really awesome that there are, so many schools of leftist thought there's not just marxism mlms are the only are the only true leftism no 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 like i because there's so many there's so many different approaches to like the super abstract questions yes and, and there's so many like again like we may not you know totally approve of electoralism but like i'm still i still say if you know if you're the type of person that hasn't spent four years already block walking go block walk uh, yeah. if that's what if you have the time to do it and you know people go 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 block walk if you don't then don't and and that's why i like i find a lot of anarchist theory very interesting i'm i'm the i'm the house anarchist i'm the anarchist mom uh <laughs> and, that's, and, and that's the thing is i i went wildly because it was it was very funny because it happened live on the show because again i started from a base of <laughs> I started from a base of nothing. That was what was fun about doing when we did the show to start with is I, I started reading capital straight from like straight neolib had no concept of anything on the left. I said, I don't want to know anything. Like I'm going to put blindfolds on and we're going to do this. Like the, I, again, the dollop was like my model for shit. Speaking of which, yeah. Uh, before I forget it, dollop episodes that everyone has to listen to go listen to the John McCain episode, go listen to the George HW Bush episode, go listen to the Iraq war episode and go listen to the uh, Reagan episode. Those four, they are, it, it, they've literally, like, 
they're they're multiple hours on the Reagan one's a two parter. It's like four hours almost. Um, and they <laughs> decimate that man. Oh, they just they absolutely like like line by line. The McCain one was the best because they did it right after McCain died. And then mm-hmm. the Bush one they did live in Houston right after Bush died. Oh, and yes. those were. Mm. And then they had to redo the Bush one because they lost the audio. They like I sympathize with them there. No, but they, uh, yeah, they uh, the Houston the Houston venue just happened to lose the audio of them uh, decimating George H W Bush. Oh wow, weird. It just happened. Weird, but yeah, those if you want if you want to uh, very easily be able to to pick apart those war criminals by much funnier people. Those are the four. But that was like my concept. Like that was my theme of the show. It's like, all right, we're going to do the dollop where we read Capital and you know what's in Capital and I don't know what's in Capital and I'm going to react. And very quickly we threw that out the window because I couldn't keep living in a freaking hole where I didn't understand things. That was not very fun. (laughs) But like I found out. So like I found out about the commune when we were reading State and Rev and doing the research about the Paris commune. So immediately like my first introduction to anarchists is well we can't take the national bank because that would be bad we have to like negotiate with the government in exile and i'm like oh no fuck (laughs) this shit no we could have killed it there you could have stabbed capital in the heart and you didn't put on fuck you and then i was very angry about uh anarchists for a very long time and then uh and then jpz uh came about and was was a delightful light in the in the darkness for me and made me made me trust anarchists again because anarchists are comrades yeah i think i it's both sides like like whether whether we never say both sides can we never say it's both sides again just please sorry 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 sorry. (laughs) it's 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 both it's 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 both schools of thought that are fought in different ways anarchists are like very distributed decentralized and so the way to attack them is obviously to like cloister them together and then to attack them as an individual cloister you break them into small enough bite-sized chunks and take them out like that's easy and then with with more traditional communism it's you just fight those countries with the massive capital machine that is the rest of the entire planet that's enslaved under wage labor and you just you starve them out which is horrible that we can I mean it's it's good that we can talk about it. It's horrible that we have to that we're stuck just like podcasting about it. Well, but that's and that's that's again, that's where I think we're we're doing it's it's such a stupid meme, but it, I mean it is, you know, Lennon would have been a podcaster. Marx would have been, <laughs> you know, these angles would have been a podcast. Pro- that's what and that's what you have to look at. I think that's the only way to stay sane doing this because it's what else you do what you are good at doing. And, and in this case, like we, I think everyone in this fun leftist podcast, you know, dome that we live in is doing what they, what they can do. And there's so many different ones that again, there are, you don't know who you are going to be able to radicalize because we don't know where it's going to pop off and we can't all be everywhere at one time. But if, we get enough of this out there the more theory that's out there and the more grounded people are and the more people have an idea of what's going on and what the stakes are the more likely we are that, that we're going to have someone in that you know there is no great man theory you know we, we just you just need to be at the right place at the right time and want to do something and if the, the more of this we get out there the more likely we're going to have a person that's at the next occupy and instead of just saying all right let's have some like says fuck this no they live right there let's go fucking take their shit period go storm the fucking banks let's do yeah, something there, there, there is no great man theory it's just uh you know influencers yeah exactly it's blue check mark theory yeah yeah which 
the the broader our base is, the more connected people feel to a social group, to a to a bubble that is that of people that they agree with, that they that they have things in common with. The the stronger we make that, the the larger we make that, the better chance we'll have of of inspiring people that we don't know that we yeah. may never know to to accomplish things that we cannot. And that's I think that's the big thing is you know you know you know what you can do and you know what you you can't do you know I know I I am not the grand organizer I never have been that's never been my skill but if I can <laughs> if I can please if if someone out there is listening you're an organizer please for the love of Christ contact me I've reached out to so many organizations that say that they're like organizers and yeah. and it's just like this weird like stone wall where they're like yeah that would be cool and it's like all right let me know if you're organizing anything because I will show up to it and tell people about it. And I don't think, I think looking at, you look at history and you look at these movements and that's not, they don't, it, it's it's not going to happen like that. It's going to happen until we have a, a broad party, until we build some sort of apparatus that is doing this for, for ourselves, nobody else is going to do it. So I think the more, again, the more of us we get together, eventually there is going to be a great, a great leader or a great organizer or someone that, that has that, you know, knows how to put a party together, but you don't know when Lennon's going to show up or you don't know when Shay's going to show up or Fidel's going to show up. Like they're just going to, they're huh? Virgil. Uh, sorry. No, 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 don't shoot. No, no, mm -mm, no, mm -mm, no, 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 mm -mm. nope. 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 Hard pass. I got to do the, I just, I have to do the Chapo, uh, the Chapo hard pass for the Mark's madness delegation. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, but again, that's, but again, that's a valid route to, 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 if that's the route that gets people radicalized, fuck yeah. I mean, whatever freaking gets people to this side. That's why I love, I fucking love Dumb and Awful for that reason, because I think Dumb and Awful is better Chapo Trap House. I think it is, it yeah. is much better politically and Guy actually does mutual aid and does things to help people and, and wants to, wants their people to do, wants their listenership to do good and get better and they're all growing together. That Discord is such a cool place to to live and hang out in, essentially. Mm -hmm. And that drives mm -hmm. people towards, they, but they do it in an engaging way. I can't be that funny. I don't have that ability. I can just read books good and yell them into a <laughs> microphone. Like, I'm, I'm, I am I read good. I can read book. Um, Me, read book. That, I mean, that's basically what it's turned into. Like, I just, like, I'm ha we're having to read this one for the proles thing. And I'm like, I'm not used to having to read a fucking book before I do something. I'm used to just sitting down and being like, all right, pull the PDF. Let's start reading. Like, that's really, like, I, th yeah. I, I cracked a code on podcasts, man. You don't need, you don't need content when somebody already wrote it for you and you just have to read it. That's why I won't fucking do Patreon because I'm like, that's just cheating at that point. I'm not doing anything. I'm just, I just fuck, I'm not going to like Bogart Lenin's fucking estate. Like, that seems rude. Ooh. It's uh, it's the it's the anarchist uh, library, but in audio format. I mean, I pull a lot of our shit from the anarchist library, and again, that's where that's the fun thing for me is like anarchists are usually so like I've been to so many fucking cool when I was in Seattle, I went to so many cool little anarchist bookstores, and mm -hmm. it's like that's that's like yeah, you're not carrying any of the books I want, but man, you're fucking doing shit, and that's inspired. That's I that's out, cool. Uh, I print out like a hundred page books from the anarchist library on my work printer so oh yeah no that's that's all i i have we have professional binding and shit like that at work like i i fucking will oh, like make yeah. yeah we just, just no stamp plant 
and it's it's very fun <laughs> it's very fun to uh, it's a very covert way to to get it read at work is to be reading it in a uh corporate bound fun spire yeah cover yeah it looks like you're yeah. reading reports and stuff like that and really not nah, not nah, it's, uh, it's stain revolution surprise it's like hiding it's like hiding your comic book in a textbook back in the, you know, back yeah. in the 50s only i'm doing it at work and doing it for agitprop it's just it's so much better it's so good uh yeah i, I didn't mean to interrupt you, you were saying before but uh i have no but yeah fucking having idea what I was the anarchists <laughs> i mean talking about anarchists like having like weird little like bits of 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 trying to replace the systems that already exist that's what drew me to anarchism is especially getting into like crypto anarchism is it's like the goal is to make things that just replace what's already existing because it's better it's just a matter of like free open source software can replace everything in your day-to-day life you just have to convince people to put in a little bit of work to adopt it and guess what we live in america everyone is a sated fucking pig that just Mm, just just wallows in capital and wallows in in the comforts of our lives and any sort of discomfort is just too much unacceptable and that's that's the problem is there is we're gonna there will be people are gonna have to be uncomfortable before they're willing i'm uncomfortable i haven't eaten chick-fil-a in like six months okay i i'm one of those weird people that i literally like before there was controversy i fucking never enjoyed chick-fil-a like i never understood it didn't get it so i was like yeah i'm gonna take this principled stand very easily look at me over here being a crusader for the right i just don't enjoy their chicken i I would rather have (laughs) i was homeschooled i was uh i was homeschooled i was like a chick-fil-a manager like Mm. it's it's the whole thing you just you're born into it no i get i get that (laughs) <laughs> that, I, that i that i firmly understand yeah it's it's gonna be uncomfortable and not in like a i make below living wage because it's uncomfortable for americans already it's just it's it's weird to think about the things that we're willing to put up with under capitalism in america that that we should have revolted and it's long ago. and that's the hard part is even for people because i've i've had this with very honest conversation with my brother because i i'm like you know what's wrong you love Rise Against uh, very much. You you understand you understand what's going on. <laughs> you I, listen to Rage Against the Machine. I unabashedly love Rise. Rise Against was one of the was one of the things that kept me from going full full fash. I think back in the day, like that. I just I always I fucking love that. I will unabashedly love that band. I stand them so hard. But um, but he I was like, you get you know it's wrong. You support Burn. You understand what why why won't you take this next step? What in your brain is keeping you from? from making the leap to and we need to violently overthrow it why can't you get there and, th- and he's on he was very honest he's like because i i like my life i like my friends i like my family i i, I like i don't want to burn everything to the ground and see people around me suffer to try and fix that because i'm not dying right now i think i think my big brain theory on it is it's just alienation and that's oh, a lot of why i love making communities and wanting to build and trying to build a community because yep. if you're surrounded by enough people that are like no just fucking just burn it burn it down now yeah then eventually you'll be like oh i'm surrounded by other people that support me in this and there's enough of us to make a difference and also i think it just involves it's basic human empathy that's what i said to my brother i'm like you you care about people you don't want people to suffer you don't want your friends to suffer i'm like but by not every day we don't actively fight to burn this down 
you are saying I am okay with people in the global south dying so that I can maintain this tenuous little lifestyle that I have. And I'm just going to be okay with that. You have to, if you do, if you can't reckon yourself to that, then you're unhelpable. I can't, I can't get to you. But at the end of the day, if you don't, if you're not wholeheartedly with everything you do, trying your best every day to fucking cause this to collapse and to fucking, and, and to build up something new that can replace it and, and, and solve these crises that capitalism's thrust upon us. Then, then you are complicit. At the end of the day, you're complicit. And I don't know how else to to put that, but it's the only. I mean, it's the thing that when I don't when I don't want to fucking read a very long book, I'd rather play video games. That's the little thing I have to tell myself to get going because it's like, yes, there is someone that is suffering right now, and if you do nothing, you are complicit in that fact. End of story. Yeah. Which. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Now that being said, I'm gonna go play Final Fantasy later. Like I'm gonna do. Like there's there's a balance. You have to have you have to have some sort of balance to your life. But I get it. But that's to anyone that's not actively committed, but is a good person. Anyone that's not that doesn't that 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 still thinks that we can just elect the right people, and and it's uncomfortable to think that you're not a good person. It is uncomfortable to think that you are not actually as good as you think you are. And your brain will is more. I don't mean to like say that it's inevitable and you can't fight it, but your brain is more wired to be like, well, you're doing enough than to say, Hey, do better. Oh yeah. You want to be comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Because you want to be comfortable and humans take the path of least resistance. And there's a lot more powers that be fighting against your impulse to want to better yourself and better your community and better the lives of people around you then there is energy in your body to fight that and to do something and to have enough things to be comfortable because a lot of people that are very committed to creating communities, to organizing, to taking action are not class traders by any means. Like no. we're all working class. Yeah. What's uh? what's one thing that people can be doing that they don't do? Uh, I'm 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 going to be really bad. I think the easiest thing is to fucking read is to have some sort of some sort of content. And I'm not saying read like in a you need more th- engage with the people that came before you in some meaningful way, whatever that is. Engage with engage with political thought in general, continually grow yes. your don't, beliefs and views. Don't don't get static, don't get don't get comfortable constantly question yourself constantly push yourself for for was you know why do i think what i think why is this right is there somebody that's written about this is there some perspective i haven't considered because the more memes have a two-week shelf life and your political ideas should also have a two-week shelf life yeah. after two weeks they're stale you get time to like refresh yeah read read diverse i mean get out of your comfort zone and go engage with thought that that makes you uncomfortable because that's the only way you grow Especially if you're on the left, especially if you're if you're calling yourself a communist or a socialist or an anarchist, if you're if you're not making yourself uncomfortable and getting, you know, you know, really, really self-criticizing and questioning, why do I do what I do? I think that's the biggest thing. If you're constantly, you know, you know, questioning yourself and, and thinking, am I doing enough? Am I doing enough? The odds are you're probably at least trying to do enough. And that's that's the best you can do. Well, I think I'm going to wrap it up there it went a lot longer than i than i was thinking but 
That's because there's a lot of stuff to cover. Uh, yeah. Also, you you brought me on, and I uh, I love the sound of my own voice, and we'll talk for hours on end, just to nothing in particular. It's why we podcast. This is why I don't do a docket on this show because it's a lot more a lot more of trying to piece the thoughts together. Yeah. For other people than it is, you know, me trying to write down what I think the perfect conversation would sound like no and this was this was fucking if if, if nothing else this was hella cathartic for me because this was the first I, it's very <laughs> it's very rare that you just there's very few opportunities to just sit down and just just completely word vomit you know your entire autobiography essentially and to try and reconcile that so it, it's interesting it, that this was this was a fuckload yeah. of fun yeah well you know uh do you have anything that you want to plug do you have- uh i i mean i think the i mean the i mean obviously the good old mark's madness um we, I mean, we have all of Capital, all of State and Rev, all of imperialism done. Uh, assuming Rob hasn't died of some uh, New York pneumonia, I, I, will, I, will, I will have been on Dumb and Awful, and you can go see me play with play with the Again. boys there. Oh yeah, no, I just show up occasionally now. It, they, they ever since they sent me equipment, I, I, it is my obligation to anytime they need a co-host, I just jump in. So that's my <laughs> that's my like my bargain for having equipment now is that I just am a, an yeah. on-call co-host. Yeah, they're just like yeah. So you know this really cool idea, just go off about that. Yeah. You're like yeah, cool. No. Twenty minutes later. And that's what that is. So uh. <laughs> the books episode was like all me, and then I think everything since then has just been all right. Let's just do easy shit so that Nathan doesn't have to spend a month of his <laughs> life researching uh, every. Book I love the, the books episode. That the books episode was that is great. the most work I think I've done on anything ever. So I'm very uh, that, that is that I am the that most is proud amazing of. work. That's like that's the spark notes, you know of 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 leftism. 200 years of random leftist history except i get yelled at because yeah. i didn't include malatesta i get it i didn't include malatesta uh, it happens you know we can't make everyone happy these are facts these are facts so i guess to close this out follow the mark's madness pod is it at mark's madness pod on twitter yeah we are at mark's madness pod on twitter or you can email us at mark's madness pod at gmail.com we have one of those no one ever emails us but it's there same <laughs> We also, if you want to, uh, we don't have a Patreon uh, and we don't have a Discord. So our default Patreon and our default Discord is the Dumb and Awful Patreon and Discord. That's where I live. Um, so if you were going to give us money, uh, give it to them instead because they, they do really great mutual aid and I, I, I love them dearly. Yeah. Support Brett's uh, cooking content. Yes. Oh, my God. C- cooking with Comrades is fantastic. Everybody go watch that Gingerbread Guillotine episode. <laughs> so- awesome. Uh, I hope you have a great night and I hope everybody out there in podcast land has a great night as well later see ya howdy y'all don't forget to follow our link tree in the show notes to discover new things like our discord social media platforms and all the places where you can listen to our podcast word of mouth is the best way to introduce us and other leftist creators to friends family co-workers your aa buddies community is about more than hot takes online and if you want to support our efforts you can donate to us at patreon.com slash psychic dolphin garage which is spelled how it sounds Hope to see you on the stream tonight. Enjoy this music by JJD. How the fuck I still got a full head of hair? Not a single brain. Pop the cops, family first, every single day. Bringing a charm when I bring the alarm. My arms got a box cutter and sticky. We gotta abolish ice, we gotta abolish ice, abolish it. No need to apologize to Holocaust apologists. For no reason we colonize the land and put up monuments. Dope needles, dollar signs, the globe stands and astonish. I hope there'll be a punishment. I really wanna get bloody. I really wanna stand in judgment of anybody.
nobody taking money from anybody in the struggle. Anybody on a budget. Poor people getting 10 to 20 for some dumb shit. Corporations incorporating a bloodlet. Mark my fucking words, this coup will not be bloodless. Mark my fucking words, this coup will not be bloodless. Mark my fucking words, this coup will not be bloodless. Mark my fucking words, this coup will not be bloodless. Mark my fucking words, this coup will not be bloodless. Mark my fucking words, this coup will not be bloodless. Mark my fucking words.